Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 20th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 12, the last paragraph, beginning the real significance. Today's readers are Sharon B. on the 12 Steps, Judith R. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text, Karen M., Sally A., Elaine B., and Anita J. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sharon B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Sharon B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in New Jersey. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Sharon B. I will now ask uh, Judith R. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Kathy Kate. This is Judith R. in Vermont, a recovered compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest money, of pr- money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Uh, How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. When you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we will resume our study of the big book on page 12, the last paragraph beginning the real significance. And I do want to mention that the reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, November 19th, is 7047. I will now ask Karen M. to begin reading. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. <clears throat> the, real signif- the real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself, and so it had been ever since how blind I had been. So I wanted to go back and 
understand more about this cathedral experience since it had some questions in my mind. And I read in the beginning of his story, Bill said, we landed in England. I'd visited the Winchester Cathedral, much moved. I wandered outside. Well, he doesn't say specifically what happened in this, the Winchester Cathedral. He descri- He hints at it later, and I imagine what would happen. And one thing, I would, he says he was lonely, and I would think as he would be afraid going to war. And so... Something in there encouraged him. That presence in that cathedral gave him an experience that was significant enough for him to remember it all these years. And um, and anyhow, I had have a 22 year old, and I thought about him having times of fear and how that that experience, you know, would have he might have been reached by that too, and and myself also. Um, So. All I know is that the worldly clamors choked it, and the word clamor is to utter noisily. Something in my life that noisily mutes all the the good things that are coming from my spiritual walk. So I just know that that's why I kept eating, and now I deal with those clamors inside of me and and then it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. There's such a piece of working on the internal clamoring lets me be free to not arrange life on the outside. With that, what I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Karen M. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Marcella. Okay, Marcella, go ahead. Um, my name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so one experience at the cathedral, and then many years later, another experience that reminded him of a previous experience. So this reminds me of that um, paragraph that we read later, that the notion of God is in every single man, child, and, and woman. So it's something that is there already. And the process of the 12 steps of recovery kind of like activates that microchip that has always been there and allows us to stop overeating and and achieve recovery. So I've seen that that happened to me exactly like when I was when I went through the process of the 12 steps and I live my life in the steps like something reminds me of something noble and pure and truth and powerful that I've experienced before but I just didn't know what to do with it right but now in living in vision for you and and in the 12 steps in the big book in the 12 steps of the big book then there's like a flow is established a flow and and the recovery is always new and the experience of recovery is new and there's always the possibility of connection and reconnection um with the god of my understanding the god that was instilled in me when i was a child but with each and every one of you and 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 when we get together with the words of the big book, then we can do this thing. We can stop overeating, and we can be happy, joyous, and free, and be of maximum usefulness to God and ourselves. And and that's my experience. So if you're newer coming back, or you're struggling, just 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 get another addict, and open the big book and read to one another 
it'll happen to you too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcella. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Bella. Can I share? Okay, I heard Bella. And who else? Phoebe. I'm sorry. Can we try again? Kim. Phoebe. Okay, Kim. And is Leia. that Phoebe? Is that right, Phoebe? Yes, that's right. Great, and Leia. Okay, so we'll go Bella, Kim, Phoebe, and Leia. Please go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella Jean. I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. Yes, yes, I, I, I feel so much this sentence, and I live this sentence. Yes, before the program, I had a God in my life, but it, wo- it wasn't in a humble way, not at all. It was, I, I, I didn't even understand it. I, I wasn't aware, but it was a kind of a com- competition between me and God. I knew that I can manage my life. I knew that, yes, God is busy with very uh, big issues and very, uh, you know, God is in charge of the whole entire world, but my life, my private life, I can manage them. I can do them. I can deal with this. And I really didn't think that I need God in my private life. And well, yes, I know now that this was my wrong belief and I live according to a wrong belief. Now, yes, if I, if, if I am in a humble way willing that God should come into my life, and yes, I am, I am humbly willing to, to let God into my life 24-7 because yes, I, I give in my ego. I give in my power, yes. And I can accept and admit that I am powerless. I am powerless over my life. I am powerless over the people. I am powerless. And I am willing to to let in, to open the door for God 24-7. And when I open the door, God is there. And I have so many examples that, yes, and it's exactly what we read before. What I can, I can do it for myself. God is there and he does it. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater eater from South Jersey. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. But soon, the sense of his presence has been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly within myself. You know, to me, this is, is describing the difference between my personal experience and the idea of recovering versus recovered. You know, in recovering, yeah, once in a while I would feel those promises, but they were fleeting. You know, it, it, it was a temporary respite for me. There were moments and there were days where I didn't want the food, but I didn't have any permanence to it. I was recovering because it was all about Kim exerting her will to not eat. 
you know, it, it reminded me of, of when I was using this program purely as a fellowship. And I could get high off a meeting and I could carry that feeling for maybe a day or two, which is why I had, I had to go to so many meetings. You know, I could hear an inspiring speaker and I could get a high off of that and I'd have a temporary respite until something else happened. You know, I could make a phone call and I could get relief for that night and maybe not pick up that night. But it was fleeting. So as much as I, there were moments when I needed and wanted God, there were moments when I know I needed this program, the, it was blotted out by those worldly clamors. And what does those worldly clamors look like? And I heard a speaker say this, and I just had to laugh. If you want to know what worldly clamors sound like, think if a microchip could be inserted into your brain, and on a megaphone, your thoughts would be put out to the world all day long. That's what calamity sounds like. That's what worldly clamors sound like. That's what I'm up against. You know, and what do these steps do? These steps get me a connection with a higher power that can quiet my mind. I am recovered. I do not have fleeting um, promises. I have the ability to have permanent recovery because I work these steps and have a connection with a higher power. And the other thing I think of, and I'll end with this, is, is how it sort of felt was, if those who say for the after meeting, we stop and we say the serenity prayer, and there's 300 voices saying it, not in unison, but all over the place. And I know there's good stuff in there, but I can't hear it because there's so much going on. It's so foggy with all the voices going. That's what my life was like. I knew there was some good stuff in this 12-step program, but because I didn't put the food down and work the steps in order, it was all garbled. So the worldly climbers would take me down, even though I had moments, brief moments, where I needed and wanted God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. <clears throat> Phoebe, please go ahead. Hi, my name is Phoebe, and I'm calling from Vermont. Um, I am re in recovery. I am not recovered. This is all very new for me. Um, I'm grateful to say that I'm not in the food. And so what that allows me to do is it allows me to have that humble willingness to have a higher power with me. And day by day, every day, with my guide and my higher power, my heart is opening. And um, those worldly clamors are becoming less and less significant to um, drive me to the food because my heart is opening. Um, I've been extremely resistant to um, opening my heart to a higher power. And um, with listening to all of the recovered people on this line and my guide, um, I am able to appreciate a sunrise, appreciate the still morning, appreciate all of the things in which I see a higher power. And I've seen all of those things before, um, and I've appreciated them before, but there is a much deeper appreciation right now. And I see a door opening, I see a light at the end of the tunnel, and all of you give me hope. So with that, I am forever grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Phoebe. And Leah, please go ahead. Kathy Kay, thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. I'm Leah, recovered compulsive overeater. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. 
and blotted means, you know, covered or hidden. Um, and certainly, you know, that speaks to Bill, you know, who had such a quest and a pursuit, you know, for fame and for fortune. He was obviously, you know, a highly intelligent, highly driven individual who wanted to be, you know, at the head of vast enterprises. I mean, it's a delicious irony that he ended up being, you know, the head, quote unquote, of of AA. But, you know, he wanted to manage something with utmost assurance. I mean, he played God. Um, You know, how blind I had been, it says, and, you know, that that reminds me of page 55 where it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Again, again God is you under, your own conception of God, right? It may be obscured. Obscure also means concealed, blocked, hidden, etc. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. And that is a message of hope for everybody on this line, that, you know, uh, the program of recovery, the steps, particularly steps four through nine, strip us, just like it stripped Bill, of that spiritual sludge, the selfishness, the resentment, the fear, the misdirected uh, instincts, which is blocking us from that remarkable you know, spiritual being that's inside each and every one of us. I mean, that is the beauty of of a of a of a meeting is that you have this rich tapestry of all these different people who have gone through the process, hopefully, they too have been stripped of all this spiritual sludge and that uh, remarkable spirituality that's hidden, you know, within each and every one of us is revealed. And, you know, Bill is realizing here that his basic flaw had been faulty dependence, faulty dependence on fame. Faulty dependence on fortune, faulty dependence on accomplishment, on people, on circumstances to supply him with a feeling of security and well-being and happiness that he never had. And when he failed to get those things, as we've read in his story, or even when he got fame and fortune, he still fought everything and everybody because he could not find a sense of comfort. He could not find a sense of ease. And where do we get that comfort? And where was Bill's safe harbor? Within. The safe harbor was within. Because deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And in the end, God was his safe harbor. And that was true for me, too. And that's the message of the hope that the book offers for each and every one of us. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? <clears throat> well, I'd like to take a turn. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening and realizing that I spent 50 years of my life listening only to worldly clamors. And um, no wonder that I was always... Uh, in and out of fear and frustration and self-pity and depression um, because nothing in the world, the worldly uh, environment, can give me the peace and serenity that a relationship 
with my higher power has given to me. And it was only um, through reading this book and working the steps and listening to my fellows talk about how they found their conception of their higher power that I slowly became willing to look inside and listen and sit quietly and begin to consider the possibility of a power greater than myself that I access by going within, not by looking outside. It was a very, very, very slow process for me. And over time, the worldly clamors quieted down and um, the uh, words and thoughts and feelings of my higher power uh, substituted. Um, And that continues to grow. Um, I still, at moments, um, can be uh, affected by worldly clamors, and then I remember to go to God and to ask for help. And with that, I pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? Debbie K. Sue G. Sarah W. Okay. um, I heard Sue G. and Sarah W. Who was the first person? Debbie K. Susie K. Debbie K. Oh, Debbie K. Okay, Debbie. Go ahead, please. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Debbie. Debbie, I can't hear you too well. Can you speak up? Yep. Good morning, everybody. My name is Debbie Kay. I'm from New Jersey, and I am recovering. So what I would like to share is about this one sentence. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. For me, I have to ask myself, where in my being, in my presence, is my humble willingness? I have to go within, I have to be very quiet, and I have to search, is my interior humble and is it willing? And Bill states this as a fact when he says, and he came. And what I am finding, I have, uh, today's the 20th, I have 24 abstinent days. And what I can attribute that to is that 24 days ago, I had humble willingness to let go of my food, to turn it over to a higher power, And I believe the reason that I have 24 days of abstinence is because God has come. On a daily basis, I need to ask, I need to be humbly willing daily. For the past 24 days, I've been humbly willing. I am abstinent in God. That's the past. Thank you, Debbie Kay. Sue G, please go ahead. Good morning. It's Sue G, happily recovered and grateful. Mostly happy, I think. Um, I'll think about this. Who am I today? It changes every day. That's the 
I'm having difficulty hearing you. Is is this better? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Sometimes I think the microphone on my on my phone goes weird. Okay. Um. Well. So what I was trying to say is that recovered really does mean um, continuing in in recovery and and in that sense recovering because. New, new layers come all the time. And for this, I am very grateful. And I thank my higher power, Hoovy, for all of that stuff. Um, so I, I'm thinking of, this is really talking about beginnings of, of rustlings of, of the higher power here. Um, and that... Um, I'm looking for the the quote. Well, I, I think I'm on to the topic anyway. Um, that that for me, that as others have said, my my kind of recovery has been a continual and gradual one. And as I look back, trying to strip away the nostalgia with some step eleven involved in my looking back, I I, I really see that I've been very fortunate, and I feel very grateful. To, to be a pretty continual learner in my life. And, and that brings wonderful things, but it also brings a high degree of rationalization and, and uh, emotional binging. I'm still capable of that. But, but I don't have to eat over it. I don't eat over it. I choose not to. And what happens is that that higher power is there continually. So, so if I lapse for a few seconds or a few minutes, I'm back on track because I've learned something by engaging with this 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 wisdom within, which which is there. I I stop my nonsense and I ask for help. And so that here's Mr. and Ms. Lymphoma in our lives right now. That that that's a nuisance. But you know what? The nuisance is way offset by the blessing. The communication that's happening between my spouse and myself is just amazing. And and I'm starting to tell him enough about what's inside me so he can say something to me and he'll say blah, 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 which is what it is, blah, blah, addressing my blah, blah, my noise inside, the clamor inside me. Now I've told him what the clamor is. So he says, this does not mean that you love you. And that's, that's the uh, sunlight of the spirit. It's love. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. And Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, Vision, for you. Thank you for your service, Kathy. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Operator from Shenandoah, Iowa. Um, I I was thinking about what the words mean when it says there had been a humble willingness to have him with me. Why does Bill put in humble? Uh, you know, it's not just willingness. It's a humble willingness. And I think that's really where, you know, for me, my higher power has been able to come in when I finally say, you know, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to be better than. I don't have to be less than. I can just have the humility to know I don't know. I don't know everything. I can be open to whatever it is. 
that my higher power is for me at that moment, which constantly changes and evolves, and I can be grateful. I've heard a lot about gratitude, a lot about thankfulness for what we have, and I think that's where whatever it is that that, you know, creative intelligence, you know, whatever it is that 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 we think of, you know, I, I think of God as nature for me a lot of times, but that's where it comes in when I have that openness. You know, it talks so much, Bill talks so much about his mind snapshot. Um, I think it really is about humility. And I guess the idea I wanted to talk about is that um, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. And, you know, I have to do the work. Um, you know, I'm doing another little mini type of a four-step on a particular situation. You know, basically a one through nine because I it's come up for me numerous times and I think it would be apropos for me to do it so that I can grow and learn as was stated before me. You know, this is all part of the process. We don't get done. And I think that the beauty is that no longer are those worldly glamours, you know, um, to, to have aesthetic uh, things around me that I can say, you know, I have these and these look good and I have status and I have money and I have things and I have, um, you know, status in my job or whatever. All those things diminish because now we're on a totally different plane where we want to be um, right-sized and be of service to, to others. So very beautiful part of the book that we're in, and it's beautiful to see Bill's change, his metamorphosis, as we have that same sort of a thing happen to us when we work the steps and surrender completely. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. <clears throat> Sally A., would you read the next paragraph for us? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol from, for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. So we see here a paragraph that has two simple sentences. And the first sentence, at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time, tells us that Bill took action. We've been spending days and we've been watching through the paragraphs, Bill coming to terms with what he has learned from Evie. And so I want to go back to Evie's, the conversation with Evie for just a moment at the bottom of page nine, where it says at the very bottom, but he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he told how two men had appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. And I say this because what we see here is Bill's response to what he has learned, what he's learned from Dr. Silkworth, because he was in the hospital two other times. But that didn't cut the mustard. It wasn't enough for him to be put in the hospital by his family or to put himself in the hospital. Here he goes the third time. He's going to the hospital, and he's telling us, at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. So what's different? What's different this time? He's being separated. How many times have we held our breath, as, as it's been so beautifully put? 
and stopped eating, only to return once more. This time, he's armed. He's armed with an understanding that he is not going to have long-term recovery without the feature, the spiritual feature that are provided through the 12 steps. And knowing what he knows now, understanding the, the body and the mind connection, understanding as page 22 and 92 talks so beautifully about the body and the mind connection. He understands the body. He understands from Dr. Silkworth that he has to stop, stop drinking the alcohol. But now he understands the mind connection, that he needs the 12 steps, that he has to work a program of action, as we see on the bottom of page 9. So at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. And I tell anybody and everyone that I sponsor, put your date. Put day one on the margin here. That is you affirming, being willing to write in the margin of this paragraph, I'm done. That's what you're saying. I put down here June 14, 2012, I'm done. Are you willing to write that down? Are you willing to take the risk and put your start date, even if it's today, put it in the margin right here and say it, put it on writing so that you have to confront it every time you see this book and you come to this page that this is the day that I decided I'm done. He said treatment seemed wise for I showed signs of delirium tremens in the second sentence here. And, and you know, for a person with alcoholism, there are so many sequela or side effects, so however you want to put it, that go with the, 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 um, the bodily reaction. But is it really any different from us? Because we have our own, we have our own physical reaction to putting the food down. I remember when I dropped, when I stopped having coffee, I had three days of an ice bag on my head because I was stopping the coffee because I realized this is part of my addiction. And, and I'm not saying it's part of yours. I'm saying it was part of my addiction, and I knew I had to give it up too. And so treatment seemed wise for I showed signs of delirium tremens. What will you do? What will you be willing to, to let go of in your quest to finally be free of the bondage of the food and whatever else has got you in bondage? Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally A. <clears throat> Who would like to share on this paragraph? I would like to share. This is Vasa. Melissa. No, Vasa. Okay, Vasa and Melissa. Gail, I'd like to share. Who is that? Gail. Gail. Gail P. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, Gail. So we'll go Vasa, Melissa, and Gail P. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you, Kathy, for your service, Kathy K. And I'm Vasa O, uh, compulsive recovered overeater, and I'm calling from Foxborough. Uh, no, no, I'm calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. I forget where I am. Uh, we have here for the winter. But anyways, um, I again, I had a difficult time. I had could I could admit with step one, I knew I was powerless over the food, but I had really difficult time admitting step two that my life was unmanageable. Because I tried everything. Well, well, with the food, I tried to manage everything. But with the food, I that said, I was done. I knew I couldn't do it anymore. But with my life, I was still trying to hang in there. I really had a difficult time to admit I was done. My life was unmanageable. Um, you know, I had the kids. I had the husband. I, I had um, 
you know, looking still for the material things. I had we had the dog, we had the white picket fence, and but the only thing that was lacking, I could not stop eating anymore. It was just, you know, I was done. I said, I am going to live or die. And I'd like to go back to this this sentence. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me and he with me. I was at the end of me. October 25th, 1986. I remember when I my sponsor carried me, uh, 12-stepping me, and she said, mark your calendar. This is your date. And that was the beginning. I can't, he can, I will let him. I humbled myself. I love the next paragraph. Um, you know, again, we'll probably read it today. We don't have the time. But I was ready and willing to surrender <clears throat> to God and put the food in, in his hands and to ask God, forgive me for all the sins I committed in my whole life. And uh, I, I had a spiritual experience that moment. I felt I was raised. I was born again. God came in me. I came in him. And that was the day I became my abstinence. I'm not saying the next day I didn't want to eat. Are you kidding? I was going through the withdrawals. I wanted to eat. But once I put the food in God's hands, for me it was, all right, get up, eat your meal, breakfast, lunch, and supper. And nothing in between. I wanted to cry like a little baby. I wanted that food. I was a grazer. For me to go from one meal to the next, it was just so impossible. But with God's help, I did it. And I've been abstinent since that night. It's by the grace of God. It's not because of my own doing. And taking an action, that's what I did. I started going to meetings. I started, you know, again, started the big book, followed the directions. The recipe is right here. So I am just so grateful to be back to the vision for you. And I'm I'm passing. Thank you, Vasa. And Melissa, can you give us your first initial of your last name? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you ask my last yes, name? It's Vasa O. No, no, Melissa, I'm talking oh, about that. Sorry about that. Hi, Melissa C. Okay, great. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, you know, what? what struck me as, you know, separated from alcohol for the last time. Um, and it, it kind of brings up to mind how many times I swore off the food only to return and what made this the last time, what changed it for me. Um, I finally um, not only admitted that I was powerless to the food, but that I was never going to regain power on my own again. And that was the great spiritual awakening that began in me, that not only was I defeated on that day in February, but that I realized that I was forever defeated. And, you know, I I clung to the idea and the, the word that I was a man who had lost my legs and I was never going to grow new ones. And that was an awakening that... Um, you know, I knew that I was in deep trouble with the food. There was no denying that. Um, but I kept hoping that somehow there was going to be uh, a cure 
<laughs> and that I could pick up again because the thought of living without my substance um, felt somehow unbearable. I, I was, I always could do it for a period of time. And um, what really transformed it was I did feel a spiritual awakening. I finally um, felt a, a, you know, I thought about like treading water and how many times I just was treading water, treading water, treading water. And sometimes that the water would just pull me under. I couldn't do it. And when I, you know, I guess climbed on the boat and said I can't swim um, and I just let God, you know, carry me. And, you know, and that means um, for me that following some direction, good orally direction, I've heard someone say that here before and I've heard that years ago in a way that um, that was God, that um, I needed to follow a plan, a program of recovery following the steps that um, this was greater than me, bigger than me, and yet lived inside of me as well. And, um, you know, and I was separated from the food for the last time. Thank you, God. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Gail P., please go ahead. Thank you. This is Gail T. in Lockhart, Texas, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater and just a compulsive eater. I'd like to share that I work a very strong spiritual program, and I know I'm powerless. I know that my life is unmanageable, but this power just didn't come in and take it away from me until... Well, I don't even know if it's taken away right now. I just want to speak from where I'm coming from now. That there were times in the the Vision for You meetings that the recovered compulsive overeaters would share their experience of how they came to know their higher power. And so for me, what happened is I don't have a higher power that's coming in and taking this compulsion away from me. And I have had many beginning start days. And then all of a sudden, someone said that it can just take time to know this higher power. You don't have to know this higher power today. And so what happened, and so what came about for me is that the face of my higher power that's going to help me with my compulsive overeating is not known to me right now. But here is the most magnificent thing, that I can have faith that this higher power that will help me with my compulsive overeating will become known to me. And with that, I could relax. I could turn it over because I am powerless. I don't know what that face is, but I can, re- I can turn it over, I can relax, I can have faith that the program will unfold it for me. And that is exactly what's happening. It is unfolding for me. And that as long as I follow the steps and the directions, because I have a very oppositional, someone in the program said, Gail, you are really oppositional. And she, she tagged me, you know, it's like that. And so I started following directions and things are just moving along. 
And I wanted to share that with others because maybe the great white streak hasn't come to you. Just have trust and faith and, and things will start happening. I pass. Thank you, Gail P. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Okay. Um, Elaine, would you read the next paragraph, please? Elaine, sure, thank you. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your service, Kathy. Um, there, I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood Him to do with me as He would. I placed myself unreservedly under His care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without Him I was lost. I ruthlessly placed, faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friends take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. So um, this talks about, to me, the, um, the progression. You know, we came, we came to believe, <laughs> and, uh, and then we're, we become willing to turn our, our will and our lives over to the care of God, it talks about, um, you know, being able to utterly abandon ourselves. I place myself unreservedly under his care and direction. And, um, you know, that's, that's the beginning. That's beginning to look at a power greater than ourselves to handle the problems that are greater than ourselves, that, we, that have actually got us into the into the mess that we're in today when we try to manage them on our own. And um, for me, too, I had to separate some of the things that were stumbling blocks for me. I had had an understanding of a part greater than myself, but I had to remove some of the stumbling blocks before I was able to really place myself unreservedly in the care of God. And in terms of looking for his care and direction, that's something that I have to do repeatedly every day. Because it's so easy for me to get right back in to try to manage the show. But one of the things the program tells us, one of the promises, is that we cease fighting anything or anyone. If I find myself fighting, I know I am wrestling. I'm trying to manage. I'm trying to make things happen. And once again, I need to turn back and put myself unreservedly in God's care to um, to face my sins, the way I've stepped on my fellow's toes, the way I've interacted unkindly, and um, have my new found friend take away this way of managing my life that brought me into a body that was over 100 pounds overweight, that uh, relationships that were underdeveloped because I was looking at the plate between us instead of the person on the other side of the table, um, and, you know, uh, a career that, though it looks successful on the outside, um, you know, I was stepping on people's toes in order to climb the quote-unquote corporate ladder that got me nowhere but restless, irritable, and discontent. It didn't bring the satisfaction that I thought. Um, the food didn't bring it. Uh, nothing I did brought it until I came to a place where I could utterly abandon myself to God's care, and this is something, again, that I need to do repeatedly throughout the day, and um, because really, 
I'm nothing. I, my ego has to be smashed, had to be smashed for me to be able to really surrender. And once I've done that, um, I like the image of, you know, everything I can do in my own strength and power is like a symbol. But if I access God's strength and power, if I seek his will for me, my life becomes an ocean of possibility. And that's out there for anybody um, in these rooms who's willing to be able to take a look at these steps to begin this journey and to walk them one day at a time. It's a privilege to trudge this road with you all and with that I pass. Thank you, Elaine. Who would like to share on Alice. Okay, Alice. Janice. And anyone else? Janice? Paula. Janice. Carolyn from New York. Okay, Alice, Janice M., and who else? Carolyn from New York. Nicole. Carolyn, and is that Nicole? Yes. Okay. Okay, I hope we'll have time for all of you. We may not. Actually, we won't. Um, Let's start with Alice. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Alice, uh, newly recovered, compulsive overeater, blamed anorexic. And I am literally a very fresh cut of recovered meat here as I speak. Um, that's the first time I've said it. Um, anyway, I wanted to, um, this paragraph to me took on just really beautiful meaning this morning um, as I translated it to um, how, how it applies to me. That um, there I humbly offered myself to God. Um, for me, there, I humbly offer myself to the principles behind the 12 steps as I then understood them, as I understand them today. And um, I place myself unreservedly under his care and direction. Um, it is so easily understood by me, um, for me, as I place myself unreservedly under the direction of those that have gone before me. Um, and admitted, I admitted for the first time that um, of myself I was nothing. I like to see that as I admitted for the first time, and I am admitting for the first time, that, um, that I need the strength of others and I need the help of others to find my inner strength also. Um, and that without that, I'm, I'm lost. And where it says I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing, um, I look at that as I honestly, I honestly was willing to take a look at myself and become willing to, um, you know, to lean into these, to to have my newfound friend, which I do, newfound friends. I have lots of newfound friends. They are the principles behind these 12 steps. Have them take away um, my, you know, my defects, root, root and branch. And um, you know, to say I have not had a drink since I have not, I have not, um, I have not been impute for almost six months now. Um, and I tell you, um, it's it's just to take these paragraphs and really sit with them and to um, change them into something um, we as individuals can use is just a beautiful thing. I just feel like this. Um, this this place I'm at, um, a state of mind of recovered, is just very very sacred, very sacred. Um, and I, um, you know, I just I just thank all of you for being on this journey with me. And um, I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. 
I'm going to have to ask Janice M., Carolyn, and Nicole uh, to perhaps share on the second hour. I apologize. I was losing track of the time there. It's now 7.55 and time to uh, close the meeting. And I want to thank everyone who has shared. Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Anita J., would you please read a vision for you? Yes, I will. This is Anita J. from Massachusetts, recovered and grateful to have heard today's meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.